This podcast contains paid advertisements, but more on that later. Welcome to the O'Connor Bootstrap Podcast, where I discuss how you can grow your business by the bootstraps. This applies to everyone with an entrepreneurial spirit. That includes bootstrappers just starting out, established business owners, and business leaders. My goal is to help you grow both personally and professionally. I'm your host, Isaiah O'Connor. Okay, so today's sponsor is, of course, one of my favorite, which is Audible. Now, what is Audible? Audible is a massive place to get great information to listen to when you don't have time to listen to anything else. As I have said before, the average successful person reads a lot of books. I think it's about 12 books a year plus 12, 24 books. It's, it's, it's hard to pin down a number, but there's a lot of books. And of course, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a leader, if you're a bootstrapper, you don't have a lot of time. And this is a great way to get information during your time that you do have. For example, when you're driving back and forth to to work, a job site, when you're out for a jog, doing the dishes, great place and time to get good information. And Audible has more than just audiobooks, which I love. Great business books, classic books like Think and Grow Rich or today's recommend The Go-Giver. And The Go-Giver, since I'm mentioning it, is... As it says, a powerful little story, a little story about a powerful business idea. I am consistently talking about bringing value to people, about looking to help other people, to be givers, to build a business up, to support other people. And The Go-Giver is a great example of this. It's a great little book. It's not very long. It's only two hours and 54 minutes long. It's short, it's easy to listen, it's kind of fun. I highly recommend it. You can go check it out. Now, not just books, but they also have theatrical performances. Uh, they have some Sherlock Holmes that are actually the like a radio performance, really great. Comedy and Audible Originals. Now, they've changed up their system a little bit. And now they have three three new plans. First is the entry-level Audible Plus. It's $7.95 a month. And you can listen to all you want to thousands of the thousands of including titles in the Plus catalog. Then you can do the Audible Premium Plus, which is $14.95 a month. Includes the Plus catalog plus one credit per month for any premium selected title. Oh, and that credit you keep forever. It's yours. You download a book, you keep the book. You can listen to it anytime you want. And just to give you an idea, I have 99 titles currently. And then I have some titles on my wife's account that we had for a while ago. And I still have that. So that boosts my total up to probably about 110, 115 odd some titles. So I've been doing this for a while. I really like it. So... Now, the cool thing is I have now fixed it so that in order to get Audible, you can just go to audible.com, and then to help us out, you can throw in our link, which is audible.com forward slash bootstrap with a capital B. Yep, 
we I actually have an official link now. It's audible.com forward slash bootstrap with a capital B. And that will take you to audible.com. You can get a free trial, 30 days, and check it out. Okay, so let's get into the subject. First of all, I'm back. I am doing better. Uh, I also took the time when I had the extra time since I wasn't able to podcast for a few days there to go in and try to figure out how to fix my sound quality on my podcast. I noticed my numbers started slipping. I talked to my business partner and he said, yeah, dude, you can't hear what you're saying. Is there something wrong with your audio? You have to fix it. So I spent the time to fix it. I found some good intro music and closing music. And so hopefully you guys like the new format, like the way I've newly edited it. And hopefully it sounds better and uh, you like it enough to go share it with your friends. Now, this is the reason I did do it was I've had so much on my plate and trying to sit down and trying to learn how to be an audio engineer was a little bit tough and it took me a while, but I did figure it out. And that's part of the subject, not trying as hard to get it right is the opposite of today's subject, which is perfectionism. Today I'm talking about, again, going back to my series of what's holding back, I'm talking about how perfectionism holds you back. And in the case of the audio, it was my lack of being a perfectionist that was holding me back, which is the opposite side, where you don't care enough. And I will probably be jumping into that next podcast, but I just want to tie it in a little bit. Now, when it comes to balloon people, especially, we can be very, very much perfectionist. A lot of us can. I've posted pictures of balloons and said, hey, y'all, what's wrong with this? And it's something very obvious. I made a big mistake or something, and I think it's kind of funny. And sometimes people don't even notice the obvious mistake. Like, hey, that one blue, that one balloon, that's slightly smaller than the rest. But other than that, it looks fine. They notice the tiniest little mistakes, and we all do it. I'm the same way. The problem with perfectionism, well, it's not wanting to be perfect, not wanting to deliver a perfect customer experience and provide a high level of customer service, high level of excellence. And of course, it's always great to strive to be excellent in your work, to provide an excellent service and take care of your customer and provide excellent value. Of course, you want to do that. That's very important. And you have to make sure you do that so that you figure out how to fix your audio so it sounds better. That's part of being excellent. Now, it took me a while because I'm not good with audio engineering stuff, but figure it out. But the problem is, is when the pendulum swings too far to the other side and you can go from being kind of lazy and not pursuing excellence to pursuing excellence to the point of complete perfectionism. Problem with perfectionism, it can paralyze you at the worst and slow you down in the least. And 
it's easy to swing on that pendulum. See, the problem was I was taking so long doing podcast before and editing and going back and deleting all the oohs and ums and whoops and other little mistakes I was making and not really trying just to fix it and try other ways to avoid the um, uh, 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 type of thing, which doesn't sound good, which is a better method. Anyways, try to avoid that habit, break that habit, and go through and make the audio sound absolutely perfect, not too many long gaps, sound a little bit too formal, but A, it worked, and I still didn't have the audio levels and volume and knowing how to clean it up. I didn't figure that out yet. But it took me a good hour or so to record a 15-minute segment because I was being too much of a perfectionist. And giving up on that, I switched over to the other side and just said, hey, I'll just do something quick. I'll go up and won't really edit too much unless I really lose my train of thought or have a really big interruption, say, I've had the neighbor all of a sudden start the lawnmower outside or something like that. Then I go back and, of course, I edit that out. But I try not to edit nearly as much as I used to. Because it was just slowing me down way too much. Same thing when I was writing the blog, which I'm going to hopefully try to get back to as things start to settle down as my kids get back to school. I'll try to get some more blog posts up. But even then, the first couple of blogs took me days to write because I wrote it, I went through, and I rewrote it and checked it and reworded it and checked it and wrote it and checked it again over and over and over again so that it took me three, four, five days to write one blog. And you can't really keep up a pace like that. Well, I'm sure some people do. I'm sure they're just fine. But for me and the way I was writing, it was backfiring. It wasn't working so well. And again, back into the balloons. So many times I've spent hours trying to get something so perfect and realizing I was stressing too much and when I stopped stressing about how perfect I was getting something, but still striving for excellence, still making the best product possible, creating the best creation possible, while still being efficient to cut down the time, it really, really helped speed me up. And speed can be crucial in my business. It's Customers don't always want you sitting around and ch talking to them for two, three hours while you're setting up balloons. It doesn't always work out that, that well. Being able to do something quickly, efficiently is better. The faster you can do it, the more, the more on labor you save, the more labor you save, the better, higher the uh, profit, etc. So yeah, being a perfectionist can really, really mess with you and hold you back. And I'm saying this as a recovering perfectionist. I, I quite often, get almost OCD about things and I get so much of a become so much of a perfectionist I just come to a complete and total halt. I've done this multiple times when cooking. Another thing, being a perfectionist can ruin your relationship skills in that moment. At least with me, and I've seen it in other people, when you're really, really focused on making something very, very perfect, 
it's very easy to get grumpy and snappy with anyone that messes you up while you're in the middle of trying to make things better and perfect. You can get really, really grumpy and kind of get mean and make people upset that, oh, great, he's doing this again. I've got to watch it. And this is, again, something that I have to say I mess up with from time to time. I'll be trying to cook a meal for my family, and I want it so perfect that if they come in, they see the look at my face and like, yeah, Isaiah's cooking again. Stay well away from the kitchen. He gets grumpy. I don't like it when things go wrong. I do can I can be very much of a perfectionist, and it can cause me to take a lot more time. Drive my wife nuts like that. I've worked in several restaurants as a cook, and I've done a lot of cooking for large groups of people. So I like to make my slices of tomatoes and carrots and whatnot really, really perfect and perfectly thin and perfectly the right size, same size, repeated, very, very nice and pretty. I'm not a chef. I'm not a trained chef. I'm just kind of a nerd when it comes to this. I'm a foodie. And I drive my wife absolutely nuts because she says, yeah, it looks nice, but you take too long. Again, it can, perfectionism can get in the way of your relationships. And yeah, it's not good to be able to, to fight with your wife over how you cut up your veggies. And it's just one of those things, I guess. So how do you fight back against perfectionism? Well, First of all, you need to realize you are being a perfectionist. And you have to take a step back and try to evaluate. Am I doing this to make it absolutely perfect? Or am I trying to be excellent? And if you realize that you're so focused on perfection that you're taking way too much time than you need, that you're getting grumpy, that your relationships are suffering from it, then perhaps you're being a little bit too much of a perfectionist. And you need to take a break, take a breath, step back, and realize a couple of things. First of all, perfection is nearly unattainable. You can't really get perfect pretty much anything. So once you realize you can't make it absolutely perfect, then that helps. Then another thing is, once you realize that, that the people that you're making something perfect for, that's another thing I've noticed. If you're making things perfect, it's for you. You may think it's for other people, but it's for you because you're the only the one that notices the imperfections, not everyone else. Again, you want to be excellent and people really like what you deliver to them. I love delivering a perfect salad that every piece of veggies is kept perfectly nice and perfectly arranged on top of the salad to my family and they think it's cool. But then they don't care if I have one piece of tomato sliced not perfectly lined up with the next. They don't care. They don't even notice. And that's the other thing. A lot of times, the end user of your product or service are not going to mi notice minor imperfections or flaws that you do because you're obsessed with them. The balloon world, that's a major thing. I've seen and posted myself time after time and time where people say, hey, look at this. It was a hot mess or this was an utter total disaster. Oh, my goodness. I forgot to do this. This was horrible. I can't believe the mistake I made. 
But yet, at least the customer loved it. Wow, the customer thought it was the most amazing thing. I thought it was the worst thing I've ever made. The customer thought it was the most amazing thing they've ever seen. So quite often, the end customer, the end user, is not going to actually notice your small little mistakes or little things you did to speed up the process while still making an excellent product. Again, don't, don't get lazy. Don't go to the opposite extreme, which is easy to do, but you always want to pursue or excellent excellence and a great product, but excellence, not perfection, excellence. Because excellence you can do and you can get better, get more excellent every single time. But little things that you'll notice or other people in your industry or field might notice, other people won't notice or really care. I mean, there's, of course, some exceptions. I mean, if you're a surgeon, you want to do it as perfect as possible because you don't want to do something like, you know, leave your tools inside the person that you were just operating on. Yes, it happens. Go Google it. People, surgeons get sloppy. They are, don't, don't try for perfection or excellence. Sometimes they get a little bit lax and they do things like, Forget surgical sponges and wound dressings and all sorts of things inside people and then sew them up. Yeah. So there's some things you want to be super excellent at, but even then you don't want, you want to get as perfect as possible and take your time because that's very important. But don't get so focused on perfection because you might miss something because you're focused on one thing. And that's the other thing. And I do believe a lot of these surgeons that do miss things like a surgical sponge, they might be so focused on sewing up the wound or the, the surgical incision so much that they get a little bit of tunnel vision and they're sewed it up so perfectly and they did such perfect stitches and it's going to leave no scar, a very small scar. They don't notice that they're missing a sponge because they're so focused on it. And I've done that same type of thing too, where I've focused on making one part of something I was focused on per so perfect, I messed up other parts and had to go back and fix it over and over and over again. So yeah, it's another thing that can hurt you. So you gotta realize most people are not gonna notice your slight imperfections in what you do. Now, slight imperfections, not completely lazy slacking off, but slight imperfections. If you're a baker baking a cake and you're doing flowers, if you do one flower leaf that's slightly smaller than the rest, I guarantee you, the party guests are not going to be noticing. The bride and groom, all they're going to be thinking about is shoving that cake into each other's face or being gentlemen and a lady and not smashing their face. But they're not caring about the cake so much that that one little tiny imperfection, you notice they're not going to care. They're just going to be eyes for each other. And yeah, it's a great cake, and other people like the cake, and they spend a lot of time choosing that cake, of course. But in the end, the slight little imperfections that drive you crazy, they're not going to notice. They're not going to care. And realizing that, realizing that most people are not going to notice your small little mistakes will help battle your perfectionism. Now, major mistakes, yeah, you, you want to correct those. But small things, small little details... That's fine. Now, there is room for precision. If you're doing something and making something, you have to be very, very precise about how you make it. But make, set up a process 
to make it precise, make sure it's very precise every time. That's excellent. But getting hung up on details, every little thing, that's perfectionism that can hurt you. Anyway, here I go. Yeah, as usual. Going towards the middle. You don't want to be a perfectionist, but you don't want to be lazy either. You want to find that right that right balance. But on this balance, you want to strive to push excellence right up next to perfectionism. But make sure you're not so focused on being perfect that you lose sight of time, of other people, of other things that you're doing. And... Also, that it doesn't make you freeze up because you don't know where to start because you want it to be so perfect. And that's my last point is often when you're a perfectionist, you freeze up completely and you don't do anything at all because you're trying to plan out how to make it perfect. I've done that so many times. I've had jobs where I spent two hours just trying to figure out what the heck I was going to make because I wanted it to be perfect. And I didn't know what to do or where to start. And I just sat there completely frozen for about two hours just going, um, hmm, what, what do I do now? Maybe, no, it's not good. No. And I just, these just ideas running through my head trying to find the perfect one and not doing anything about it. And that, again, can really hold you back because it can bring you to complete and total halt. And or you won't give out the finished product or not sell it if you're being a perfection about it, perfectionist about it. The legend is that Leonardo da Vinci carried the Mona Lisa with him ever since he started working with it up until the day he died and he kept working on it because it wasn't perfect enough and of course it's one of his most famous paintings and he never sold it. He kept it because he was being a perfectionist about it and it's only the way it is now because he died and couldn't go and change it anymore. Again, not remember, not sure if that story is absolutely 100% correct, but to quote Mike Rowe, that's the way I heard it. But it, it's, it provides a good illustration. Anyway, you all have a great day. I hope you like the new format, the new audio quality. Um, I'm back. I'll be back on schedule next week, and it'll be three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, every day. You'll have a great day. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. If you found value in this content, please leave a comment and give us a five-star rating on whichever podcast platform you use. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and most other podcast platforms. If you would like to support us, you can check out our sponsor links, or if you'd like to support us directly, you can donate or join our membership program at buymeacoffee.com forward slash bootstrap. Of course, it really helps when you share these podcasts with your friends as well. If you'd like to interact with me and other bootstrappers and leaders, you can join us over at our O'Connor Bootstrap Podcast Facebook group. You have been listening to the O'Connor Bootstrap Podcast, an Athos Business Solutions podcast. For a companion podcast, the Athos Business Podcast, which is hosted by Jason St. Clair, past episodes and related blogs, 
please check out our website at www.athos.com, which is at www.atheoz.com or atheoz.com. Until next time, I have been your friendly neighborhood entrepreneur, Isaiah O'Connor.